Well, we've got US inflation at two-year lows, and we've got the US dollar being taken to the woodshed. We've got good buyers emerging once again in US treasuries, as we see bullish breakouts coming through in the NASDAQ, the US 500, and also the Russell ahead of earnings. We're seeing Bitcoin ominously poised to have a breakout. We're seeing vols lower, but this is a market high on opportunity. This is the trade-off. Well, hi there, I'm Chris Weston from Pepperstone, and I'm gonna be joined in two seconds from Blake Morrow from Forex Analytics. And it's a big day today. We've just seen US inflation coming down to a two-year low. As I said in the synopsis, we are seeing dollar sellers emerge left, right, and center. It is getting absolutely pulverized at the moment. And the question, of course, is whether this continues, whether that CPI print was a game changer. So I'm gonna bring Mr. Morrow into the program. Blake, we have an absolute ton to talk about, um, and we'll cover off a lot of those factors, but I'm seeing big, big moves. I know I said that volatility, you look at the VIX at 14%, FX vols are still very shot for through the floor, but there's some big moves taking place, and there's some interesting setups playing through, which we're gonna discuss. So opportunity seems to be sort of just dotted around everywhere I'm seeing at the moment. There are, and uh, I, I, I always have to remember that you, you're fresh into a brand new day. For me, I feel like I've ran a marathon today. <laughs> as far as you know, the markets, it's been very, very active. Uh, the dollar just got sh just slapped really hard, broke or testing some pretty key levels of support, as you're going to talk about, mm. as we're going to talk about, and and uh, and you know, I, I guess that's the big question: is you know, will it continue? And and uh, I know where I've got my chips placed right now. Hey, well, so. I tell you, you might have done a long day, but you're looking fresh as a daisy, sir. Uh, nice bit of makeup then, I'm sure. Sure, helping helping out an ailing, frail body. <laughs> anyway, let's go to the top of all the fun. Now, let's, uh, let, let's see what some of these chips are looking like for Mr. Blake Morrow. I'll go straight into inflation. How can you miss it? How can you miss it? Um, headline inflation, 3%. We've got core coming down. Uh, yeah, X. Yeah, yeah, core services X Shelter um, printing nine basis points or so. I mean, if we can look at that on a three-month annualized basis at 1.4%, it is coming down. Um, uh, but those core numbers, you know, 20 basis points, we've got to look at a month-for-month -month clip rather than a year-on-year, -year, I think, is, is, is clearly the, the, the play at the moment because of the base effects we've been seeing. Um, but, you know, we are talking, you know, lower numbers than the market was looking for. Um, now, we do obviously have PPI inflation in, in the session ahead, and that will give us a pretty clear understanding um, of the core deflator, uh, the PCE deflator, which comes out on the 28th of July, which, of course, the Fed look at somewhat more closely there. Um, but in terms of this CPI number, the market has reacted. Um, we've seen big moves in, in both the Treasury market, go out to Fed funds or USR swaps, and you can see sort of a big, big move that our repricing in sort of March We've got about 13 basis points of, of hikes being priced out there. Um, yeah, treasuries have been bid across the curve, certainly in fives. Um, and the dollar's just been taken to the woodshed. So the question is, is, is this inflation number a game changer for you? Or, you know, is this something that potentially base effects will start picking up and we're going we're gonna to see it become a bit harder there? So how are you seeing this inflation number? 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to mention his name just because I happen to have a conversation with him uh, yesterday. I, I talked with uh, your colleague or our colleague, Mr. Michael Brown, and I was talking to him uh, the, yesterday and we were having this discussion about inflation and he put it eloquently and I'm going to put it maybe not so eloquently. I think the, the, the toughest job for the Fed is going to be in the months ahead to get as, get inflation where we're at right now down to its target. It's kind of like, you, you know, I've never run a marathon, but but when I was in the military and I was in the Marine Corps, we ran like 20 mile, um, you know, a couple 20 mile runs. And I know that the, 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 the first half of that run, it's easy. First three quarters of it, no problem. The last quarter, it's tough. It's really tough. And like I said, I'm no marathon runner, but that's the way it feels to me. And I think that's what the the job that the Fed has, uh, you know, uh, ahead of it. Is it a game changer? No, but I think it did put the markets in a place where we were, everybody was positioned for potentially a a, 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 a firmer number. Definitely all numbers across the board came in weaker than expected. The dollar was already heading lower days ahead of this. It's like, you know, even the stronger data hasn't had a positive effect on the dollar. And so the dollar just came under pressure and that just propelled the markets. It's kind of like the domino effect. Um, and I think that uh, that it isn't a game changer, but it's what the market's going to be trading on probably for the next, well, at least the next 24 hours. Well, so we get PPI, right, Chris? I think you're right. But the, um, I think you make a great analogy there in terms of um, you know coming into that last furlough, yeah, that, that last furlong and it, it being a hard one. This is the Fed that the Fed need to get right. And, yeah, this is a really, really, in, a really positive number. The Fed will be looking at and saying, "There's so much that's that's looking good about this number." You know, shelters going in the right direction now, uh, and they'll be following the Case Shiller Price Index, which is about an 18 month lag there. You know, core services, the um, X Shelter is looking good. Um, you know, used cars obviously going in the right direction. This was obviously a big reflection of what's happening in airfares. Um, but it's going in the right direction. All the metrics they want to look at. The question is, is, is will can we back this up with further moat? So they'll look. This is great. They're still going to hike rates in, in July, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, one summer doesn't make a swallow, or is it the other way around? <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I, I think the, the next CPI number, if, as long as it's you know, calls below twenty basis points and month for month, then yeah, that's probably that. There's a good chance that's them done. So I think this is a really, really positive number for the Fed. Um, but like you really eloquently pointed out with your, I've got my you know, army boots and my gun and, and I'm sort of doing that 20 mile run, is, is, is this is the area that the Fed can't slip up on. This is the hard bit. They need to keep pushing it, in my opinion. Yeah, they do. Well, let's let's talk about the dollar and the dollar's reaction. Um, and we're going to turn, turn the subject here. Uh, just because the dollar just got smoked across the board. I mean, the, the dollar yen has already been under pressure. I think a lot of people are starting to anticipate that the BOJ may tweak their, their yield curve control at the end of the month this month. Uh, so the dollar yen is already under pressure. Um, fortunately, I, I closed out uh, all of my yen uh, positioning over the course of the last uh, 24 hours or so. But you, you've seen, you've seen, you know, the the the, the euro dollar pop above 112. The, the sterling's, you know, perched right up at 130. Uh, and the question is, and you know, this is kind of a conversation we're having before. Uh, we started filming is can this move continue? And I'm trying to think of what the catalysts are that are going to, that are going to propel the dollar lower. I know, and and hopefully you all do too. There are some weekly, like, especially with the Euro dollar right around the one uh, it's about a one twelve ninety or so one twelve eighty. There's a big weekly or monthly six, one, eight retracement, some big fib levels, some big resistance just ahead. 
And even though I'm positioned short, short dollars at the moment, you know, I, can this trade continue? And I, and I want to ask you, Chris, what are your thoughts on the dollar on this big breakdown? Because so you've got, it? I, it's hard. I mean, you got the Swissy. That thing is just oh, absolutely Christ. dying. Bang, 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 I mean, bang, bang. Through the floor. Cable won't cable won't stop. I mean, yeah. you, you know, everybody's bearish to sterling. And yeah. what if we start tripping stops above 130? You say they're bearish you know? to sterling, but have you seen positioning in cable, in sterling? I mean, it's, it's about as rich as you're going to see, whether, you know, you're looking at the CFTC report, you know, investment bank flow desks that are talking real money. We're talking exporters. Yeah, everyone, I think every man, woman and dog has got a, a long position in the pound at the moment. <laughs> and it is saturated, but it keeps going high. Now, the problem with the dollar, if I look at the dollar smile theory, um, there's, there's, there's no real reason for the dollar to be getting smacked. You know, the, the US is still probably one of the better places to be. It's one of the best houses on the neighbourhood. Um, yeah. You know, global growth is 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 slowing down. The European data, Chinese data, is hardly inspiring. Uh, so the dollar smile theory doesn't suggest that we should be seeing a, a bear trend coming through in the US dollar. But I think that the market is looking at this terminal pricing now in, in Fed funds or swaps and saying uh, 540, 5.4%. We have got so much conviction it's not going any higher that the that yields are going to be capped um, and, and, and they're selling dollars. So yeah, there, there are some smart people saying that this CPI number and the, the, what we're seeing here emerging is a game changer for the US dollar. Maybe not for, for rate settings, uh, but for the US dollar it is, and, and for carry as well, and continue to, to push into that carry trade, uh, especially with volatility lower. So, yeah, I, I want to buy the dollar, um, but I can't. <laughs> it's too hard. You know, we're at key levels, as you point out, and, and, and it yeah. doesn't necessarily suggest that we should be doing what we're doing. But you've got to keep an open mind when, when things are sort of there feels like this kind of change that's going on in the effects market. We've been people have been selling dollars for a few days now, um, and and yeah, I'm trying to put a, a real reason as to why we've seen such for, you know, ferocity in the selling. Um, and you just got to go with it when when it's doing this, it's catching a knife in the moment. So we've got key technical levels there. Uh, so I want to buy dollars, but I'm not going to until this just watches washes out a little bit and 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 we get some stability at the moment. You know, I'd probably be yeah if I'm holding a short dollar position, I'd, I'd stay with it because yeah, there's a lot of things that are going through that that need to we need clarity on it. Is that fair? Yeah, no, I think that is fair, and 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 it's hard for me to be and I just just to clarify. I happen to be short some dollars right now and I don't, I'm not, A, I'm not comfortable with it. B, I don't plan on sticking around too long. This is one of those, you know, kind of Momo trades that one of you, one of the trades that you're, you're famously known for is, you know, Hey, we got a breakdown. I'm going to go with it at least for now, but I don't want to be chasing too much lower if, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah, good yeah. man. All right, cool. I want to switch switch gears a little bit because something that's coming up very much in our focus, and you know, I talk about these breakouts that we're seeing uh, in equity markets, and I think a lot of that is down to the US, the weaker weaker US dollar, and and certainly if you go into some of the Asian equity markets, yeah, we're if if we continue to see this weak dollar play out, we are going to see big outperformance from the Hang Seng and 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 some of these markets as well. Um, so do keep an eye on that. But in the US, bullish breakouts in the NASDAQ, the US, the S&P 500, uh, and also the Russell, which is, is made a higher high and looks really strong as well. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> You're bursting Sorry. the seams. Okay. Hit me, hit me. No, that was, the, that was my play of the day last week. And I thought I was a hero because like literally the next day, the Russell 2000 was down like two and a half percent. And then it is turned and just ripped and broken out to the upside. It's so you covered? bonkers. Sorry. You covered? Uh, well, I never got short. I was playing it more as risk, but mm. still, it was. I was watching it. Obviously, I'm going to pay very close attention to it. But did a U-turn really fast, like 
two days after the show. But anyway, okay, go cool. ahead. Well, I just want interesting because we we got the we got JP Morgan Wells and, and City kicking us off on Friday. Um, yeah. And we watch obviously JP Morgan's your, your premium bank, isn't it? Yeah, well run, great balance sheets, good liquidity, all those factors there as well. So we're watching those ones very closely and, and hear what Mr. What the great man uh, says about yeah the outlook and you know all the factors that are taking place. Um, and then on the seventeenth, this is one for your Russell trade. On the seventeenth, we start getting um, some of these small regional banks reporting as well, um, and we're going to be watching those very closely indeed. One suspects that the banks have been a little bit de-risked, given you know, sort of the bigger banks, given we've just recently had the stress test and we saw the SLUs report recently uh, suggesting that there hasn't been a massive downtrade in, in, in credit recently. But that said, we are watching them very closely. And then I think in that last week of July, we're going to get the, the, the sexy mega cap AI sort of thematic names playing through 50% of the, the S&P market cap reporting in that last week. We've got this big factor, the weaker dollar, yeah, a bid coming through in duration, yeah, got momentum on equities. Do earnings matter for you, Blake? Do we care, or do we just go with the macro? I, I think they 100 care. Uh, they do matter. Let me just clarify that. And you know, looking into next week, there are actually a couple bigger tech names. Do do we does Tesla qualify as a tech name? It's an AI, mate. Is it? It's AI, AI, every AI. day. All right, yeah. everything's AI. So I'm hell. Netflix is probably AI. It's figured out which which movies I want to watch, and definitely don't want to <laughs> well, watch. I'm AI, so, mate. Anyway, what is this thing then, you call love? <laughs> yeah. they're, they're next week as well. But yeah, we have Goldman Sachs next yeah. week. I think we have like some of the big some of the bigger banks. But you're right, a lot of the uh, a lot of the regional banks. And I think earnings are rich. What what's earnings right now uh, for the S and P currently? Twenty two. Uh, well, earnings, uh, well, the, I don't know the, the EPS, but yeah, we're trading around 18 times on the S&P forward. Um, yeah, the market's expecting about a 6.5% decline EPS aggregate for this earnings season, which remember one of the biggest declines we've seen in earnings for a while. That sort of earnings recession is, is going to be cemented here. But the revenues, the yeah, market's expecting about 20 basis points of, of revenue declines, the first revenue decline since 2020. Um but the outlook statements, the outlooks are what it's all about, isn't it? We don't care about the, the earnings for here and now. It's about the outlooks. It's what about what happens about rates? What are they saying on consumer demand, given that the cost of capital's been going up? Yeah, yeah. Every, yeah there's this idea about pricing a recession, which which kind of come off the boil a bit now. Um, earnings, uh, the recession call has been pushed into 2024. Rate cuts have been priced out. You know, will that be brought on? Will CEOs give us any any reason to believe that you know, credit demand is, is coming down, that, that, that the market has mispriced this recession risk? The outlooks from CFOs and CEOs are going to be uh, probably what's going to drive the market there, I think, more more importantly. All right. Well, well, points well made. And speaking of which, since since we're talking about earnings, let's let's shift it into the markets. And, um, you know, I was there's a there's a Goldman piece talking about uh, about blow off tops and I, and. and I think this is a term, Chris, that you know is is really misused in the markets. Blow off tops, V bottoms—they're not super common. You know, I've been trading for literally a, a quarter century now, as silly as that is. Um, but I've only seen major, major blow off tops or big, big you know V bottom reversals that completely stop everybody out. Only a few times in my in my career, and I could think of like. Some of the times, one of them was the dollar Canadian when it dropped like into the 80 cent mark and I happened to be around in the European trade. And then what, what I saw on my on, on on all of my quotes, everything got crossed. The, you know, the dollar, the dollar Canadian was moving three, four hundred pips, like literally in, in like a 10 minute snap. Then, you know, I've seen one when crude oil, you know, uh, marked up those highs back uh, pre uh, financial crisis. 
you know, that was another like just blow off top in the market. And there's very few times where I can actually define the market as a blow off top or a V bottom. Um, and, and I think it's, you know, I think what people got to realize that, you know, when you have like a top, a major top in the market, like let's say we're looking at the S&P and we're thinking that last year's highs were the highs, which I would argue they probably were um, for near term or near term, longer term, like over the course of the next couple of years. I think we're forging more of a high in the market in a big long term range environment where the bottom of the range is probably going to be around 3,500, maybe 3,200 in the S&P. And the upper end of the range is going to be around 4,800, 4,900, so, or uh, you know, somewhere in that neighborhood. Those are the, the, the kind of things that I look for that we're, I don't think we have um, the, 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 the backdrop of having like some sort of blow off top in the equity markets. But when you see it, you'll know it. And one thing I do want to point out is if you get a move that's like five, 7%, 8% higher or lower, and then it reverses that same session, that usually is what would signal to me price action wise that we had a major top major, major bottom. Anyway, I, I, I used up a lot of time, but you know, I wanted to bestow some of this experience that I've had over the years with a lot of our newer traders. And I know you've got a a ton of it as well. So what, what defines those major market blow off tops for you? Well, the V V bottoms were we all love. I mean, I I agree that the, um, they're rare. I mean, generally like recent history, I mean, 2020, um, COVID, 2018. Yeah. They typically happen. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. They happen so frequently after, just after options expiry. Yeah, you know, the, yeah, you know, the market goes into this furious downtrend. Um, yeah, options dealers. Yeah, you know, yeah. The streets buying puts left, right, and center. Of course, options dealers have to cover that and hedge their gamma and, um, and and they sell the underlying, which obviously extenuates the fall. No one buys, and and then of course you get to this options expiry where the dealers have got this huge inventory of short futures positions. And they don't want them. The next day, they yeah they cover those shorts, and 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 the algos sense it, and we get this rapid move up, and people buy into that. That's what causes the V bottoms a lot of the time. On the top side, though, yeah, when you get extreme sentiment, um, bullish sentiment, you get extreme positioning. That's always a good one. But also, I think from the option side, you get a lot of a lot of people, a lot of funds looking at these yield enhancement strategies. It's all we saw in it's caused the the big move down in twenty twenty. Um, and, and people are selling calls above the market. Um, and of course, you know, in that situation where everyone's short vol, um, you, you know, when the market does eventually snap, you've got this position, you've got this extreme positioning playing through, you've got extreme sentiment and this this positioning from the optionality, which needs to be covered as well. And that's what causes this ferocious move down. Um, we're not there yet, in my opinion. Um, we may bubble yeah. along but that that's what would cause the blow off top is a, is a function of those factors so yeah you got your checklists and and saying i still think this market i i don't think this market's loved at all um you know i know we're going up and we're, we're buying pullbacks and everything that moves but i don't think anyone enjoys doing it people are chasing it they don't like they're chastising themselves they go home they buy the market and the give themselves a, a beating for doing so. No one likes doing it, but you've got to get paid, right? And, and that means chasing right. the market. Um, so right. I don't think the checklist there for a, for a massive blow up top, blow off top myself. But yeah, again, price action is what we trade. And if we see you know range expansion, volatility picking up, then you've got to go with that. So we'll, 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 we'll react as traders to that when we see the signs. Anyway, great for bringing it up and great for um, bringing some of your wisdom there. Anyway, let's go to That's a Setup. Right, 
we've been very dollar heavy today, Blake, and, and rightly so. Um, yeah. Like you say, I mean, dollar knocky, dollar stocky yesterday, getting absolutely taken down. Um, I think yeah, dollar stocky was down 2.7%. But we've got the Dixie here, which we obviously know is, 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 is a clear reflection of, of euros, which is nicely above 110, a little bit of, do- a bit of yen, a little bit of sterling. As you say there, the pound into 130, and uh, the positioning is so rich. But yeah, we're right on that key support levels now, aren't we? Just into that sort of mid 100s. Um, lowest since I think April 2022 if we break through these levels the question is is is, is can we do it the, the, the liquidation we've seen has been intense it's just been um, you know just been brutal I mean the buyers have stepped aside the sellers have had an easy job of moving price lower uh, we've seen you know, five year treasuries dropping profusely real rates down 19 basis points overnight that's a, an incredible move um, and it justifies the dollar weakening here. But do we buy it off this support level? Um, does support mean anything in this market? Um, or do we just brisk through it like a knife through some old butter? Well, I, I, you know, Chris, you, you bring up a great point about rates. One of the biggest positions in the market right now, or has been in recent weeks, has been bearish bonds, right? Bond, bond traders, complete, they're short. Right. Well, that's reversing pretty aggressively. So if yields continue to drop, the dollar probably will follow suit. You know, I was pointing about out about the six one eight retracement in the uh, in the in the euro. The six one eight retracement in the dollar index actually comes in at ninety nine twenty or so. Uh, that that's you know on a weekly basis. So that's not too far from where we're at. But that seems like a place that's a logical spot that we could go. Um, you know, here we are going into Asian trade right now at the time of filming. And, you know, you're starting to see the euro perk up no- near its North American highs. Sterling's getting close to 130. You start triggering stops above these levels. And next thing you know, you know, each one of those currency pairs, you know, whether you're talking the euro, the sterling, we could trade up a, another one, two big figures, dollar yen, another big, big figure to the downside, especially if we clear through like the 138 level. I mean, what is going to stop the dollar? that you know of this momentum at least over the course of the next 24 48 hours i know some of us yourself included want to be long of dollars but i don't know you know i've i'm seeing some pretty big breakdowns and i think you got to let them play out a little Go bit first i'll tell you what's going to happen yeah. here right so the, the the next candle i know people when maybe watching this show a day or two days or even longer after this happens but then the, the next bar is, is is so important and the price action and the behavior if we break through these levels and it, and it holds, that would be very telling for the dollar shorts and you'd want to stay in that position. But I wouldn't be surprised if we did see a nice move down, obviously stops taken out, and and then, and, then it, and that's the level that potentially look to buy as it comes back in and pulls back inside the range. So the next candle is key and how it closes. You know, does it close back above? You know, what sort of, where does it close within that range? I think that's 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 what we'll be trading. All right, well, Chris, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up the. Uh, the the U.S. dollar Norwegian Krona and I want to I want to <laughs> knock knock Uh-oh. who's there very good yeah very good, very the, good. The, the, yeah yep the uh, the the Krona is and uh, I'll tell you what we've got a nice little head and shoulder pattern uh, we're breaking down the one thing I I, I do want to point out over the last week this currency pair is literally down almost seven percent crazy like moves. six and a half percent. crazy moves. crazy moves. But that's what we also would call, if you're an Elliott Wave guy, you would call that impulsive, right? So that means that there's probably some further, I always like to say, 
big red candles are usually followed by other red candles. You know, same thing with like a, a, a you know, a, a white candle or, or a green candle if you're looking at, you know, red and green. But in, in this case, you know, we have some big, big, big bearish candles and the head and shoulder pattern really takes us back down towards trend lows, which will be, you know, 968, 970. Um, I know we're getting oversold. The RSI is reaching an oversold, but oversold can become more oversold. So what do you, what do you think about this when you're talking about the dollar, Chris? Look at the, and, and on top of it, crude oil has broken 75. Yeah. I, so. no, when you talk about the RSI, the, what this does is it says to me, um, do I want to be short? Do I want to be initiating shorts at these levels, or do I want to be short at a slightly higher level? And if so, how cute can we be with a potential retracement? But but selling rallies is the trade. The question, right. as always, is 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 how much it, you know, how high it can go, and that's what we've got to try and understand. And price action is what we trade in that situation. But you know, if if the market is genuine, if the belief that that we've got real strong conviction about the terminal rate being around five fourteen, it's not going to go any higher, which yeah, obviously comes down to the inflation. One swallow doesn't make a summer. Um, you know, I, I think that, um, yeah, you, you look at carry as a strategy. Norway now, I mean, look at those inflation rates we saw this week, 7% or so. They've got an inflation problem um, and they're, they're dealing with it and they have to raise rates more. Um, uh, and of course, you've got crude having a, a decent move. You've had... Um, yeah, so much working for, for the Nokia. I mean, it's the high beta currency. Yeah, it's the highest it beta G10 currency. So if, you know, the euro's going up 50 basis points and you've got the Aussie going up 75 basis points, then the Nokia's going up 90 basis points because it's the, the highest beta currency out there. So when you are seeing that dollar liquidation coming through, the Nokia's going to be the one that has the biggest percentage move because it's the highest beta one. So that's why we've seen such ferocity in the selling there. But I think that RSI tells me one thing. You know, stay bearish right now. Yeah, maybe like if you're a mean reversionist, there's there's plays there. But for me, the question is 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 what levels you look to sell into that rally, is my opinion. Right there you yeah. go. I want to do uh, a, 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 an education session here. Um, so I get my PhD. I don't have a PhD hat. Um, I've, I'm going to borrow one temporarily. Um, and kudos yeah. for anyone who does have a PhD. I'm, I'm certainly not going to even try and challenge that one. What we've got here, I think, is really interesting. Is um, is what we call the R star rate. This is an academic tool, and people sort of pick it subjectively. But yeah, there are there are ways we can look, look at these. Um, the R star is is really the neutral rate, the the the, the policy rate that, that's set in the market. Um, that is the right policy rate, the neutral rate, the equilibrium rate relative to to expectations of full employment and and growth. So it's the the right rate for what people perceive to be um, you know the the the, the, the employment the right employment situation there and what we do is that you adjust that for uh, inflation so it's the, it's the it's the real neutral rate effectively and you can see that currently sitting at 0.6 of one percent now what we can see as well is the fed funds rate and i've adjusted that for core inflation year on year and you can see that at 0.4 of a percent now the fed look at that pretty closely the fed have talked about r star and neutral real neutral rates before um and what's interesting there is, is over the course of history, you know, going back to the 80s, there has been six or seven um, samples where we've actually seen the real Fed funds rates, and, and we're, I'm using realised inflation rather than expected inflation, which is typically what we adjust these, these factors for. Um, but the, 
what we're seeing there is, is the real Fed funds rate on a, on a core basis uh, is just about to pop over. We get one more rate hike, which we expect in July. That is going to be north of that. And what we can see over the course of time is, is very briefly do we see a situation where the, the once it goes above that, that, that neutral rate, it doesn't stay there for very long. Uh, and I think we're just about to get to that point. So that usually indicates that we, we've hit the end of the cycle. So for me, and I'm sorry to drag on, Blake, um, but no, for please. me, in, in this situation, when, when people are saying how much conviction you can have that we're getting to an end of the, the tightening cycle, this is one of the charts that I like to look at. We're getting the Fed funds rate above the core inflation rate year on year. And typically, when you get that above the R star, that is the point when yeah, we hold it for a little bit of time. Um, it could be could many months, higher for longer, but that, that's the end of the cycle. And I think that, to me, is, is what a lot of people are focused on from an academic perspective. I know I've taken my time there. So, um, yeah, have you got anything on no, that? No, that, I, I think this is great. I learned a lot. And I, I think what you're telling us is you're, you're, you're almost at a point where you can say with confidence that we are at the top or at the end of the rate hike cycle. Well, we can say with confidence because... Like the sample, like if you're a statistician, you'd say like seven seven samples is is, is still pretty random. But um, given the meaning of this, um, it probably gives you some significance. Um, but yeah, we get to a point where you know they've taken the Fed funds rate above the core inflation level, um, and that's also above what the the, the estimate of of R star or the the real neutral rate is for the economy. And that's the point, um, as you can see here, typically. Um, when we start having real conviction um, that that the Fed are pretty much done on its tightening cycle, so yeah, I, I, I think this is quite an interesting one. That is a, that is a very interesting one, and thank you for the uh, thank you for the lesson, Doctor. Doctor, <laughs> yeah, doctor. take it off now. I can be a, I can be a, a, a normal. All right, a well, let's move it over. Let's let's go to something a little bit more dumbed down. Uh, we're going to go look at uh, silver, and I could put high ho silver and just think of like you know uh, you know old text old westerns. But um, but uh, what I want to point out is silver, and you want to talk about high beta. Silver is actually breaking out of a consolidation. It looked like it could have been a bear flag pattern, but we were actually tightening in this this uh, this this triangle. But we broke out today, closed above the 50 DMA, and uh, silver. Has now uh, is now making a move higher. Now to complete that the 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 just the minimum expectations of this triangle consolidation, we're looking at a move that would take us about 25, 25 or so. Now the reason why I like this chart is because again, as a high beta play to precious metals, you look at gold. I, I think gold has some upside left in it. I think it has another uh, at least at least another fifteen to twenty dollars to complete an inverted head and shoulder pattern. But if that is the move that you're looking to get out of gold. Well, silver going from 24, 24, 10, 24, 15 up to 25 and a quarter is not that much of a stretch either, even though percentage wise, it would be bigger, you know, based on silver. That's the high beta uh, equation of it. But I do like silver to the upside. What are your thoughts on silver here? Yeah, we talk about setups. I think this is the this is the setup of the day for me. I mean, yeah, it's been clear consolidation. Those ranges have been coming in, as you always see in those triangles. What triangle does really, um, but then you wait for the market to show its force. And yeah, we've got that dollar weakening. We've got real rates coming off, um, and 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 yeah, there, there's been a battle. No one's really been prepared to make an authority, and 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 yeah, the bulls have stamped out and said we want a piece of this right now. We are going to be the dominant force. Yeah pullbacks are buying opportunities and and I think we go up to that target so I, I love the setup um you know I think it's a really strong conviction one the RSI is broken out as you see there that rate of change is picking up 
I like it. I think this is the chart of the day for me. I think, you know, I, I, I like the upside. I'd be looking uh, short gold, long silver as a pairs trade. I think you know, silver's going to outperform on that high beta notion as you talk about there. So great chart. I think this is one that goes higher. I, I think, yeah, absolutely share your share your thoughts. And yeah, I, I love this pattern. So well done, Blake. <laughs> <laughs> Kudos to you. Anyway, I want to go to, let's go into play of the day. Let's see what's going down. Play of the day, they call that play de jour in France. Let's go to long Bitcoin. Ooh, we're waiting for an SEC Ooh. verdict uh, coming through on on, on Arc's uh, um, spot uh, ETF. I think we're probably going to get a decision in early August by all accounts. It could come earlier, um, and that obviously, if they get that through, then that'll give us a pretty clear indication about whether the SEC are going to give their their blessing for BlackRock's uh, cash ETF, which you know, we'll, we'll, yeah, I think that the Bitcoinists out there would say they don't want it to happen. Um, but I think price action will, will be very positive indeed. What I like about this right now, and I'm not long now, um, I want to wait for a breakout. Um, and you can see there's consolidation. Obviously, no one really wants to be short uh, in case we do get the decision, which could have big, big uh, implications. And of course, we've got the, the weaker dollar and liquidity working quite well. Um, but you can see those uh, those Bollinger Bands really coming in. So we are seeing low of realised volatility playing through. The tight ranges are playing through. And the longer this goes on for, the more powerful the move, up or down. Uh, and that's why I wait for, for price to close above the top end of that that range, you know, 31,000. Um, yeah, we've, we've, we've been sort of bubbling on. The market's just building up some pressure. And we've got this fundamental catalyst. So I'm not belong now, but I think given what we're seeing in terms of this cold spring up and against resistance. If we, if we get a break above these levels, um, I'm long, and I think it starts trending. Of course, we don't know if it will start trending. You could get failed breakouts. We often get failed breakouts, but I think there's a lot of people willing this one on. And um, I think if we get uh, get that breakout on a closing basis, um, I think it, I think this can go higher and start ball trending, and I want to be part of that. So, Chris, do you think you'll... Think? Do you think it'll break out? Ah, oh, yes, 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 yes. That one from last week. I don't want to use. I don't want to use it back to back. But uh, yeah, when it comes to puns, I'm 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 a happy man. That was a good one. Hey, um, and and jokes aside, I you know I like the consolidation there, Chris. And I, you know I have people asking me about Bitcoin. Um, you know, so I think I'm gonna put them right to this uh this segment of the trade off this week. But um, my trade of the day is going to be the Aussie yen. And now, so let me let me let me uh, clarify a few things here with the Aussie yen. Uh, we have a triple or excuse me, a quadruple confluence down around 93 and a quarter. So that is a 38% retracement of the lows that were set this year to the highs that were set basically this year's range. It's it's also you got trend line support, you got a 50 DMA, you also have horizontal support right at that 9320 level. Um, look, I think any dip down in 93.50, I want to play it to the upside back in the direction of the trend. Now, I do want to clarify that I've closed all my yen longs this week. I still am a yen bull, but that doesn't mean near term. And that means probably over the next you know couple of days, maybe next week while stocks are ripping and while the dollar is weak, I, I could take advantage of some yen shorts, maybe some of that carry, get this Aussie yen back up towards 95. Once we get above 95 or around 95, I'll be looking to actually go the other direction. I'll be looking to go long yen again. Uh, so I think a, a, a top is actually forming. But this trip, this quadruple confluence could offer nice levels of support 
good risk reward for people that want to be on the long side. And I've, I've got an outstanding order that's um, going to be outstanding until I get up tomorrow morning, see if I get filled. So there we go. One of the, one of the issues, though, of course, with, um, with Aussie Yen, an interesting one for people out there, and leave a comment, let me know what you're thinking out there. But, yeah, we're, we're waiting for an imminent decision on the new RBA governor, Philip Lowe's tenure steps down mid-September, and we're probably going to get the treasurer, uh, Jim Chalmers, talking about... Um, uh, a new RBA governor at some stage, yeah, whether it's going to be Michelle Bullock or yeah, one of the other candidates that, that have been focused on. I don't, yeah, whether we get, po- I think policy continuation will probably be the strong one there, but something something that is a, a, a small risk for Aussie Longs, I guess, in that situation that, there. That, and that's something that I wasn't thinking of. And no, so I don't thank think you it's so going to be a massive risk. I mean, we'll have to see. Yeah. There are some, some, some people who are being considered who don't have massive experience in monetary policy settings. Um, so that could be a, a bit of a shock. So we'll see. Anyway, I think the other thing which we need to focus on, we haven't really focused on today, is what's happening in China and, and the PBOC's pushback on the yuan weakness. And and, and as dollar CNH is coming down, CMY is coming down, I think that's also like feeding in, into this dollar short position. So many people have been long dollar CNH to get that carry, and that's being pushed yeah. back. I think that's having reverberations in dollar selling as well. So there's a lot going on. There's a lot of people of the jigsaw which are, are focused on and our job is to try and make make a, a, a clear understanding and try and make money from it at the end of the day that's what we're trying to do, or lose less is the situation anyway blake it's been good to share this ride with you and it's good to share uh, the, the journey with you guys at home as well uh, if you stayed this far obviously if we can get a like that would be really appreciated leave a comment where you can and we'll get to that especially in any kind of market-based situations there was an on, a, a comment about aussie swiss which we'll cover that uh, in the chat and maybe bring that up as a chart next week so apologies for for not bringing that up it's uh, just just uh, covered my mind uh, and we'll catch you guys next week for more of the trade-off <laughs> <laughs>